I won't go into the things that we discussed. You know, I think uh, there were some things that were, you know, as, as we went into negotiations, and I won't get into anything, but I knew that uh, once we start start seeing that uh, Ezra Cleveland was going to fall to us, we got a young, talented offensive tackle um, that we're going to have, you know, under contract for the next four years. Yeah. I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with Rick Spielman. Man, the Vikings of the 13 top draft pundits, according to Renee Bugner, who puts their grades in a blender, spits out the Vikings near 4.0 GPA as the best draft in the NFL. No way. No way. And I'm not going to pretend I took a look at every team in the NFL. But you're telling me it's not about... Just who they drafted. It's who they did not get as part of the draft, and that's Trent Williams. If the Vikings wanted to take a step closer to the Super Bowl, they would have given Trent Williams what he wanted, and I have little doubt he'd be good from the get-go. And our two astute analysts today, Ben Lieber and Curtis Riggs, agreed. Instead, he goes to the Niners, who, I don't know if you noticed, kicked the Vikings' butt out of the playoffs this past year. And they decided, yeah, that's probably the best guy to have for our team, a seven-time Pro Bowler blocking the blind side of Jimmy Garoppolo. The Vikings are the Niners' light. The Niners are the Vikings on steroids. They both try to do the same Mike Shanahan zone run block, pound the rock, play action offense. They have a slightly better quarterback, and now they'll have a better left tackle because Trent Williams is better than Ezra Cleveland will be. And Rick Spielman, good luck. Waiting a few years to see how Ezra Cleveland turns out. That you waited till number 58 to pick. Things did not get better at left tackle for the Vikings who need to get better on the line so Cousins and company have a chance to win a Super Bowl. That, to me, is the number one takeaway from the draft weekend for the Vikings. Not how splendid they did with their record number of picks. Even though, yes, first three rounds, they did well with what they needed. They could have gotten the class of this draft. Would have been. Trent Williams. Craig and John, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com. Craig has felt differently about Trent Williams the last few weeks as we talk about him leading up to the draft. Do you feel any differently about after hearing what Lieber and Riggs said, considering you're a diehard fan for life and you want that elusive Super Bowl? Well, I think they tried to go after Trent Williams, but eventually I think it got to be too much, uh, especially the unknown of whether he is healthy enough and two. After one year, he wants big money, big money. And it didn't help with, uh, who was it, uh, to, uh, the guy that was signed uh, over the weekend for like $22 million per year, uh, Tunsil. Uh, Tunsil, Tunsil got a new contract. Tunsil got the new contract on Friday, which was $22 million a year. But the point is, um, eventually, Williams had a choice where he wanted to go. And if you're going to look at the Niners and you're going to look at the Vikings, and knowing that Staley is go- was retiring for the 49ers, he made a decision he was going to go play for the Niners. I, I don't fault the, the Vikings at all of not getting him. Uh, I don't. I I think they tried, but you know what? They'll go yeah. with Ezra Cleveland. And uh, the first five picks I liked. I liked the first five picks. Um, all those picks, though, on, on Saturday, I was a little worried about that. It's like, come on. Yeah. How many how many sixth and seventh rounders do teams normally keep? Vikings do not have a, a big history of sixth and seventh rounders. In fact, in the last fifteen years, except last year, there's only two players on this roster that have made the roster as seventh rounders and are still there. 
And one of those is Ifidi Odigabo. Ifidi Odigabo. And the other one is uh, Shamar Steven. Those two guys were seventh rounders. Last year, the Vikings had eight picks in the last day, and they've still got seven on their roster. So, I mean, sometimes I was not very happy that they had all those picks on the final day. I really wanted them to take some of those and move up. Yeah. But apparently the value of those sixth and seventh rounders, not as high as we think they are to allow you to get maybe a high-quality player like Trent Wolf. I mean, extremely tough graders like Mel Kuyper and Pro Football Focus give the Vikings an A. The Vikings, again, put 13 guys who uh, who put grades, assign them to these teams, and I'm not one of those people who likes that idea. We'll, we'll learn a few years down the road. That's why I think Trent Williams is the better idea. We know right now he's better than a left tackle you're going to get. If you want to win a Super Bowl, pay for him now. Worry about him later. But anyway, strictly on the draft, the Vikings get the highest GPA out of those 13 top pundits and websites. And I just, how and why, I thought I was crazy because I am no Mel Kuyper. I am no Chris Sims or Bucky Brooks or Daniel Jeremiah or Pro Football Focus. Not close, but it did seem strange to me that the Vikings had the most draft picks anybody has had in the 26 years of seven rounds of the NFL draft. 26 years, 15 of them, and over 70% of them went rounds four through seven on Saturday. On, on no planet does that seem like a good idea or what Rick Spielman really wanted. It's obvious he wanted Trent Williams. That would have been a third and a fifth round pick. And instead, the Niners get it, the same team the Vikings traded down for in the first round to get three picks. And it just seems like you're wasting your picks. Trade up to get possible difference makers because we should just evaluate the draft strictly on those first three rounds or so. There are just far more guys who drop out or never drop in than there are Tom Brady's after the third round. And so I'm not going to say the Vikings draft was a failure because I don't really want to judge too much on what happened after the third round anyway. And I'll trust all these experts. But again, when you're trading down and then you're just you're just you're throwing darts at a board when you keep trading down and have more picks in those rounds. Um, So I just felt like a lost opportunity. And I get it. Applaud Rick for being aggressive. But as Curtis Riggs said, you might have to overpay. You've got to take chances. Do you want to win a Super Bowl or do you just want to ensure that in three or four years you'll be in the playoffs? I thought most Vikings fans are on board with going for a Super Bowl right now. I want to hear from them. 336-1230, both with Trent Williams not getting him, but also with having 15 picks, using them, and 11 of them coming fourth round or later. Was this a draft worth applauding or a draft that was appalling? What describes your feeling more as a Viking fan? 336-1230, Other question to float, who's the favorite in the NFC North in 2020? Entirely different conversation. I say the Vikings. 68% of you agree on Twitter at KWSN Sports. I'll tell you why in a moment. Craig, what about you? No, oh, it's the Packers. I got them still number one. Even though they've lost alignment, they still have Aaron Rodgers. They have Devontae Adams. They got a couple of good running backs. Uh, they're going to be a little better on the corners than they were uh, last year because they're just going to get better. Now, there's still a sieve in that Packer defense. I thought they would work on that a little bit on the draft, which, of course, they didn't. Uh, but I still am giving the Packers the edge. Plus, the Vikings will have uh, a lot of youth in the defensive backfield. The corners are going to be uh, either rookies or 
one- or two-year players. It takes two, three years to figure out to be a corner. Um, there could be some rough stuff going on with the Vikings defensively this year uh, when it comes to the corners. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is, is uh, after he's thinking about uh, his, uh, his backup quarterback, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's thinking about the Vikings and the youthfulness of the corners where it's going to you be able to eat the the Vikings alive. Yeah, that's the deal. Is it it is obvious now? The Packers are drafting and planning for the future. They use this thirteen and three season with the new head coach and the second year GM to go. Let's buy ourselves a couple of years and let's just build around the new Packers with Jordan Love as quarterback. And we're going to turn into what the Vikings are, which is the Niners light, which is pound the rock. Play action pass. This is why you go out and get a, a running back in the second round when you already have two in the stable and get a blocking tight end. Uh, and you don't get wide receivers because the way Matt LaFleur apparently wants to run the offense, Funchess, Devontae Adams, and their burner, Valdez Scantlin, that's enough for the Packers with the offense he wants to run. And that's not the offense Aaron Rodgers wants to run. He wants to sling it. He wants to buy time instead of throw to the first guy that Matt LaFleur tells him to on the play call. He wants to, you know, he wants to read and find things downfield and do it with the pass. And they're not equipped to do that. They didn't make Aaron Rodgers more equipped to do that. But you're right, Craig. He's still Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers still just roll out of bed and win 10 or 11 every year because they have Aaron Rodgers. And that will always make them a thorn in the Vikings' side, especially, again, if the Vikings can't go out and take a risk, have some guts, and overpay for Trent Williams. And so uh, Kirk Cousins stays in harm's way, and the Vikings aren't going to to be able to win shootouts with teams, especially teams like the Packers, who you mentioned could pick apart a young Vikings defense. 3-3-6-12-30, who's the favorite in the NFC North? 3-3-6-12-30 here on Craig and John before we hear uh, the best of what we had to say about Ben Lieber. Uh, You know, I might give up on the Trent Williams thing someday. I finally relented on Tua once it was obvious they weren't going to uh, trade the farm for who could be the next Pat Mahomes and transformational player in the NFL. They're just sticking with Kirk Cousins for another couple years and saying uh, that they're probably not going to go to the Super Bowl because of that. And... uh, but let's hear from let's hear from Ben Lieber on the Packers before we get to his thoughts on the Vikings. And the question was was worded: Are the Vi- are the Packers crazy with what they're doing? Because they got one of the lowest grades of all, of the thirteen uh, top analysts that grade A through F. They got a one point three one GPA. <laughs> uh, are they crazy or crazy like foxes? Here's what Ben Lieber told us earlier. Uh, we'll see, I guess. I think they're crazy, but, um, you know, I, they, they could all laugh at us here in three or four years, but, um, you know, I just, I don't see that of Jordan Love, maybe what they see. And I think they are sitting on a bigger bomb that is Aaron Rodgers than, than they probably realize. And I don't see Rodgers playing nice. I, I don't, I, I think Favre, and Rodgers had their disputes, but I think Favre was much uh, just a different personality, and I think he just kind of rolled with it, and um, he didn't cause the stir as much as, as I think Rodgers could. So they they got to be careful with how they handle this thing because Rodgers can't be happy, and we already have seen and heard and all the rumors and stuff anyway when yeah. Rodgers felt like hit the the control was taken out of his hands a little bit when LaFleur got there. Now it's really apparent that 
they want to move on from him here mm-hmm. pretty pretty soon. And so <laughs> I don't think it's going to work out that well. Aaron Rodgers, Vikings Purple 2022, a la Favre and Odin. How do you like that? <laughs> I know. I know. I know everybody's been talking about that. Um, shoot, man. If he's, done, if, he, if he's playing at a high level still, uh, and we and we need a quarterback at that at that point in time. Then then why not? Yeah, the, the problem with that would be, by the way, if Gary Kubiak is still there, if the Vikings move on from Kirk Cousins in a couple of years, Craig, and you go, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and he still has it, and he's unhappy. And let's go for it. The same way the Vikings did with Brett Favre. The problem is the Vikings, if they still have Kubiak as the offensive coordinator, and they're drafting to all this, Craig, <laughs> they're, they're drafting their linemen based off their ability to run block, which is partly why they go with with Ezra Cleveland at number 58. You know, has some athleticism, not strong enough, but it's good in the zone scheme. Okay, that, that's the problem. Is That's what the Packers are trying to become. They're copying the Niners, it looks like, with the way they're drafting. The Vikings are trying to go that way. And so it wouldn't be a great offense for Aaron Rodgers either. Just say, if the Vikings could somehow pull him into Minnesota, play indoors, and uh, get him away from California where our Packer pal Bart Winkler thinks he'll want to go, is the offense Minnesota will have. You, I mean, if you want to bring in Aaron Rodgers, then you might want to build your offense suited to him, and it, it won't be if he walks into it and it looks like it, what it does now. It, uh, let's see what he does in the next three years. If he's still really, really good, then you go after him. But yeah. if he stinks... Let him go to Bel Air and be with uh, Danica Patrick and enjoy retirement. <laughs> hey, by the way, um, is is there anything we really need to say about the Lions and the Bears draft and, and what kind of teams they're going to have in 2020? Is there... I thought the Lions had a good first-rounder. I think uh, they got a nice shutdown corner. I mean, they, they got to start somewhere. Uh, but for the most part, Lions... And especially the Bears, nah, not a good draft. They didn't yeah. have a good draft either. The Bears go with an, another tight end. They don't seem to be helping out Mitch Trubisky. The Lions, you can say, what a great pick because that was such that was what they needed. They lost Darius Slay. Well, maybe if you're Matt Patricia, you don't trade Darius Slay. Again, it's just like the Vikings. You need help protecting Kirk Cousins, who doesn't escape pressure well. And the most important place is left tackle. And you're going to go with a rookie who needs a, who has a lot to learn and might not even be ready right now instead of Trent Williams, who you know is better. When it comes to the Lions, you could have kept Darius Slay. Instead, you trade him, and now you have to replace him. And so, yes, you get supposedly the best corner in college football. Congratulations. But you He's a running back, too, but still... Uh... <laughs> After that, the they go defense yeah. and, and the Lions. Yeah, they go with yeah. uh, DeAndre Swift, really good running back. When's the last time the Lions had a really good running back? It's been a while. Been forever, um, yeah. And then they got a couple of guards in the third and fourth round. Maybe they're going to help protect Bradford in the in the middle. Not Bradford. Um, Stafford. Quarterback for Stafford. Matthew Stafford in the middle. But Lions pretty much middle of the road when it comes to all the rankings on the uh, draft. Yeah, I mean, the and they're coming off whatever they were five and 11, what were they four and twelve? They're terrible. Three and twelve and one. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I mean, it's it, it, Patrick Ricey, uh fifty-year sports writer in the Twin Cities, has said it best. The, the best thing to happen to the Minnesota Vikings since they haven't won a Super Bowl, the best thing to happen to the Vikings is the Detroit Lions. 
in their time, no matter how good or bad the Vikings are, they always can count on the Lions for one, usually two wins a year. Mike Tice and Brad Childers combined were 16-1 and against the Lions. And Jim Suhan wrote a great line today because the Packers have always been there with Favre and Rodgers the last 30 years, and they were in the 60s when the Vikings were getting started. The Lombardi and Sarr were cleaning up all those titles. But Jim Suhan wrote it best. This, this draft by the Vikings was a nod to Bud Grant who famously would say about drafts and personnel and generally his philosophy in games, Craig, hang in there and wait for the others to fall apart. And comes to the NFC North, that's apparently what the rest of the division did for the Minnesota Vikings in this draft for the short, short term. I mean, Lions and Bears are already pretty much eliminated anyway. Uh, and then the Packers, again, looks like they weren't drafting for 2020. They were drafting for 21, 22, 23. So I think the Vikings are the favorite, but it's going to be close as usual. Um, it wasn't close in our voting. 70% Vikings, 19% Packers on Twitter. Since I advertised a little bit of Ben Lieber, um, he joined us earlier today, and his podcast will be available at kwsn.com. Uh, what did I put stars next to here? Uh, this is his thought on Trent Williams and the Vikings not getting Trent Williams. If they indeed, uh, yes, they get something much cheaper in Ezra Cleveland, did they get something better? You know, I think, I think the, the key phrase there in that question was long-term. Is it the best long-term solution to go with Ezra Cleveland? Yeah, probably. You know, that's, that's the way I look at it. Uh, it it's two different, two different scenarios. If you are looking at the complete short-term this year, next year, I think you go with the, the veteran that's not going to need a ton of, of reps to get ready. And, yes, he did sit out last year, and, yes, he's been banged up, and I know that there's some red flags there. But, you know, he's, he's Pro Bowl ready. You know, he has that, that caliber in him. Uh, he has that potential. And, again, Paul Allen reported today on his show at KFAN Vikings by Friday afternoon, and they were trying their arse off to get – this Trent Williams guy, it came down to a third and fifth round pick, which was his projected value, and either the Vikings couldn't uh, bid, outbid the Niners or they had the same bid, and Trent Williams decided on the Niners, who, again, are the Vikings on steroids. And, uh, and then there's uh, the guy they did get, Craig asked Ben Lieber, about Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State. Unless you uh, stay up late and watch much Mountain West football on CBS Sports, you probably hadn't heard of him when the Vikings picked him, unless, again, you, you know, followed all the mock drafts. Here's Ben on Ezra. Well, he puts together strings of plays, series of plays. Um, you know, to me, I think he, he does have some work to do. I think he's, he, again, like Brian O'Neill, is kind of light. Um, I'm curious to see how he's going to handle some of the, the power rush stuff, which is always a big thing for a lot of linemen coming out of college. They just don't understand the strength of some of these guys and how they can leverage their bodies and use their long arms. I mean, think about a, a Daniil Hunter now going against him in practice, and that he, he just has no idea what these guys can do with their bodies and how they how powerful they can be. So he's he's got to get better with that. I, I think there are times where he does let people into his chest a little bit too much. I mean, not just with the power rush. I'm saying even just with a long arm. I'm saying just even stabbing at his chest. I think sometimes he's not as quick to the, to the point of attack. All right, so there's Ben Lieber. I mean, Craig, the, the Vikings don't have much space to clear to, to afford things. Oh, they don't. Five other tackles were picked ahead of Ezra Cleveland, and so 
You're getting maybe the fifth best left tackle, but he's from the Mountain West Conference. Sounds like quite the project to me. And it just doesn't excite me if I'm a Vikings fan about the about the left side of the line. And Ben Lieber does say it appears that Riley Reef will be your starter, at least early on with this limited time these guys will have working with the team. Uh, probably won't have rookie minicamp and might not have OTAs. And so he'll be your first backup. And uh, and he mentioned that Riley Reef wasn't your weakest link. Riley Reef still has some serviceable play left in him. And when you go left to right, it's probably going to be Reef and then question mark. Uh, Pat Alfline? Probably not. Uh, Drew Samia or Kyle Hinton? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in there at left guard. But Samia's projected right. at right guard. But they did bring back Josh Klein, who was the right guard last year. And he wasn't as bad as others. And Brian O'Neill is cemented at right tackle. So there's your Minnesota moving company in 2020 to protect Kirk Cousins. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, <laughs> I want to. At least they got an offensive tackle. I yeah. mean, yeah. Trent Williams. Um, they. I'm. I'm sure they tried to get him, and maybe it was too much. Or Williams decided he wanted to go to play with San Francisco. Although the Niners uh, played a little coy. Because they knew that Staley was going to retire, and they told Staley to be quiet. Don't tell anybody you're retiring. Mm-hmm. That might help in our negotiations with yeah. Trent Williams, and he did. So yeah. Trent Williams is going to uh, the Redskins. I'm sorry, to the uh, 49ers. And um, you know, we all get excited right away yeah. over who got what, mm-hmm. and and draft boards and the the draft grades and everything. Uh, it's still a crapshoot. Um, I'm okay with Riley left tackle. As long as Ezra Cleveland's going to be a guy that is going to be a quick study, because mm-hmm. I think they figured that with um, Brian, Brian O'Neill, yes, as well. And I'm more concerned about the guard play than I am about the tackles, because mm-hmm. the guard play has really been bad. Mm-hmm. Pat Elfline, who I thought was a great center, had a good year as a center uh, early on, uh, moved him to guard because they thought Bradbury was going to be that much better. Bradbury needs work too. I mean, let's face—he's a rookie. And this will be his second year. Huh? So I, I'm still a little concerned about the line, but, you know, they, they, they have a couple of depth fixers with Samia, uh, Hinton, Brandle. They, they, they got him as well. So who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Just, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, be ready to throw quicker uh, <laughs> than you did uh, one year. Yeah. I mean, again, I just thought the, the gap between the Vikings and the Niners, we saw it was a chasm in that champ in that divisional playoff game, and it is with the Niners and the Packers as well. I don't think either of those NFC North teams narrowed that gap as when you consider the Niners just got Trent Williams. But we'll see. By the way, Ben Lieber likes the immediate impact that Gladney will have. Justin Jefferson, those two first-round guys, they're ready to go. Uh, out of the shoot, out of the gate, uh, thoroughbreds. And more from Ben Lieber, podcast at kwsn.com and the Marv's Body Shop podcast page. He was terrific as always. And now let's let's meet a local guy who's going to try out for the Vikings, signed an un, uh, undrafted free agent deal after the draft was over. And Jake Lacina following in his father's footsteps for both the Augustana Vikings and the Minnesota Vikings. These guys get to choose where they go. And can't wait to hear Jake Lacina. What went into that next? From Craig and John, Fox Sports 981, AM 1230, KWSN.com. Follow the show, respond to the show, vote in our polls, and get the latest sports news on Twitter. Go to twitter.com slash KWSN Sports.